Good day, you're listening to Free City Radio. I'm Stefan Christoph in Montreal. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is the 174th edition of the program. On the broadcast today, I'm going to be featuring conversation with a multidisciplinary artist, Iveta Sunyong Kang, who has worked in a number of mediums, community-based performance, but also reimagining historical material. We talk particularly in this interview about a project that uh, involves re-engaging with National Geographic photographs. Of course, often a publication like the National Geographic still maintains a very positive reputation, while in reality the frameworks and a lot of the historical origins, but the ways that the publication continues to promote certain ideas of interacting with the world are very much framed in a colonial context. So Iveta reimagines what engaging with National Geographic photographs of Asian contexts means in a contemporary setting as an Asian multidisciplinary artist. There's a multimedia uh, dimension, there's a web dimension. Also in this exchange we talk about the performance space and interactive arts as connected to a social practice and a community space and there there's a fluid line i think between the gathering which is so important to activism and interactive gatherings in performance art and contemporary art where there is that interaction not just you know, on the social level, but around these critical ideas that inform increasingly a lot of contemporary art, particularly by multidisciplinary diasporic artists. So here's our conversation for Free City Radio. Over the next few weeks, I'll be featuring some more art-focused interviews that I recorded in the past couple of months. So Here's the first in sort of a series of artist portraits on Free City Radio. In speaking to you about your practice, there's a lot of directions that we could go. Um, and I'd be interested in hearing about a current project or two. Um, but I think first, just for people um, who are listening, it's important to situate them and to understand a bit about who you are and sort of some of the intersections you visit. Um, you bring in historical artifacts and you're remixing imagery in the present um, and then also addressing questions of diasporic identity, um, mixed medium. There's a lot of directions to go, but maybe we could just start first by uh, your introduction. I'm a settler artist coming from South Korea. I was born there and I raised there and I've moved to Montreal for studies like 10 years ago and yeah since then like I guess like especially since my graduation from Concordia in 2016 I've been like working as a pretty like practicing active artist now I'm based in Toronto Toronto in Canada this year is actually my 11th years living in Canada so this is my second home I studied cinema in my BFA and an MFA too so my like really deep background is cinema, also poetry, literature. Since my graduation, I guess like my disciplines, I would say that I've been like working with or uh, interdisciplinary practices, like I said, like uh, archive, cinematic thinking, poetry again, 
performance and more importantly these days I've been like really working and doing like having fun with like participatory practices. My practice I think really has evolved a lot since 2019 with like a lot of participatory practices like work and a more like installation based work. So before then, my work was more like revolving around video installation works, but these days, like it's more like unfolded through performances and participation. A lot of that is about space and about using space in the contemporary moment to reconsider uh, together. If you're talking about the participatory projects, often like questions of understanding around identity you have manipulated or worked with or engaged with also historical imagery from National Geographic. I found that project very striking. So maybe just to sort of understand when when you talk about an interdisciplinary sort of participatory practice, can you talk a bit about why creating that space is important in relation to some of the key issues you're trying to address in terms of challenging or reconsidering understandings of Asian identities uh, in this context? Yeah, that's a really, really, really important question for me as well, like as an artist, because like, I guess like I could explain it really well, first of all, with like my background in cinema, because like whenever, because I love cinema, cinema is my home, but whenever I went to like this theater and I watched cinema, you know, there is like this only unidirectional input coming from one film to me, whereas I can't evoke any kind of directional uh, inputs to the cinema. So like, you know, because of the nature of the medium itself, there are like contexts like actors and narratives that are always coming to me, not from me to the cinema. So that was one of the things that I always found a little challenging, like when sort of rendering or even like finding some kind of hopeful imagery working with cinema. And uh, that's where I sort of started to sort of unfold my work as like multi-channel video installations to create some space that are where a lot of different multitudes of narratives can be unfolded. And then when I saw like some audiences of mine looking at like experiencing my uh, multi-channel video installations, there is the direction of this like conversation that is that was sort of, you know, delivered through my work was still unidirectional. So I, that that was the kind of entry point for me that I started like thinking about performances and participation, because especially participation is super significant to me kind of re related to decolonial thinking because we always like there is a history and story and memories and you know I've been like really thinking a lot about what stories can get you know written down as history and what about memories like what kind of memories who choose memories to be history to be part of history so there is like this kind of hierarchical unidirection between history, history, and memories. So that was like, whenever I present something as an artist, I think I want, eagerly want the audience to be proud of it, to be like the last or one of the many last uh, agencies to activate the work so that at least I could have some multi-directional input conversations sort of evoking from. 
that's been like really fun exploring different layers of like how to evoke participations and it's not super easy to be honest like it's been super like some some artwork of mine got damaged by like some audiences because of this uh, nature of participation participativity but uh for me decolonization i wouldn't i wouldn't say decolonization but a decolonial act or gestures those are something that I want to carry on within my work and how I can do it when I think about like how I can do it. There has to be some spaces for every individual to be proud of, to say something or at least to contribute something with certain words or some like gestures. And I think like relation to my heritage coming from South Korea as an Asian, I, although I was born and raised in Korea, I guess like later on, I sort of realized the majority of my knowledge, cultures, and even like my sort of embodied uh, notions about languages were actually westernized a lot, like coming from the Western country to East country. And that was personally speaking, that was like a really major issue for me. because when I realized that was like really the major yeah reason sort of causing me anxiety a lot in my past years. So I want to subvert the direction, but not only from me as a marginalized person to Western majority, but what if we sort of create a kind of better, you know, like sharing harmonious space by all kinds of participation. Yeah. In terms of like grounding some of the ideas and uh, critiques and how that relates to your practice, can you maybe highlight an example either of an exhibition or a work that can sort of um, concretely uh, decode or give a body to some of more more like give body to some of the systemic issues that you're you're highlighting and 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 also how that relates to your own um trajectory as an artist like trying to trying to translate these types of ideas into a physical space as you mentioned is very challenging yeah i think for now the best example might be uh the work that i've been working on for the past one year which is called uh archive re-index archive and that's the work, like you mentioned, that where I've been reading a lot of issues of National Geographic magazine, which was published from 1945 to 1955. And it's a lot of issues. And so I chose like specifically the year of 1945 because that was the, the time period when like the World War II was finished. And... Uh, the work, this work is going to be like a virtual kind of website project where I want to, first of all, present all of these pre-selected photos and original captions from this National Geographic magazines on there. These photos, there are like many controversial issues when looking at these photos and original captions. I can explain later about these controversial issues. This work sort of invites all of like audiences accessing to this website work and then to like make annotations on the photos and original captions right 
in life time. So it's been a little ambitious work, but that's something that I, I want to see, like how this archive of National Geographic magazine, which was definitely biased, problematic, hierarchical, to the contemporary reading. Yeah. Just draw that out a bit more when you're talking about the ways that National Geographic magazine um, is is biased and also creating that hierarchy of identity experience and also like the gaze that that defines a lot of the photography it's such an important target to reimagine i think that's still i mean there is critical literature about national geographic but i think still there is sort of a romantic um sort of colonial vibe around this magazine some people see it as sort of like about exploration and horizon, but maybe don't think about the problematics of what that means in terms of subjectivity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's just a, that's really kind of resonating with like my own experience reading all of these issues because what I found super interesting is like the early issues of National Geographic magazine published from 1945 to 1947 ish or 50 were super super biased like you can see a lot of photos and original captions are like super rationalized rationalizing like the other third countries people and their cultures but uh like around the time by the time like 1949 and 1950s i guess like that was super aligned with like they say some European countries and the United States declare declaring to to do some decolonial project, decolonial policies. The whole like kind of overall gazes in this magazine sort of totally changed it. They all of a sudden changed their attitude, like gestures and nuances when talking about this like third country people and their cultures. I read really kind of striking article that says like, especially early 1950s, that was the time, there was a period of time where the anxiety rate, like univer- like a national anxiety rate in the United States was super, super high because of this decolonial policies. When I say the United States sort of declared and practiced this decolonial policies, this article was saying that they are doing it as part of this alliances, allianceship with these European countries. But uh, still, it doesn't mean that they just like let this, uh, this colony countries free. A lot of like this uh, colony countries were sort of remained as like a trade for their raw materials. It was sort of framed as like a fair trade, but it wasn't. And uh, because of this decolonial uh, policies, the majority of the population in the United States who was able to get access to this anxiety measurement, anxiety test, was like super anxious because they were like super worried. What if I lose my job because of this uh, lower, you know, low uh, trade of raw materials from these colony countries, which I had. So this kind of like very ambivalent social uh, phenomenon was happening. And uh, that was the time where I found a lot of National Geographic magazine issues 
were actually really biasly only framing the United States as a really happy, rich nation. Happy nation, whereas like the way they portrayed the other colonist countries after decolonizing them was like, oh, we are helping them, we are aiding them in trade, in fair trade of their raw materials. That was where I also sort of resonated was like why there are like a lot of people who, you know, romanticize this National Geographic magazine because of this like very subtle, shallow, you know, fabric or definition between colonization and sharing knowledge, sharing knowledge and decolonization. So this project has been sort of evolving a lot about knowledge generation, actually, because of this ambivalence, ambivalent encounter that I've been yeah, experiencing. <laughs> And I would imagine also in the contemporary context of sharing work in interdisciplinary artistic spaces, it's only very recently that there is more critical approach within these art spaces towards understanding positionality in relation to imagery, in relation to cinema, in relation to archival material. It's only a decade ago that it would be very widespread to see like a western artist just remixing and adapting imagery from the global south whether it's video or pho photography and you know without giving a spotlight to any particular artist we this was a very widespread practice uh, or even in music videos or uh, experimental cinema this is nothing also compared to what was happening in more mainstream um frameworks of artistic expression like Hollywood cinema or something but even in more experimental or alternative spaces this sort of critical um, vantage point uh, was not really even understood or if it was it was silenced that's changing but part of that change is is also like a real there's a tension there uh, and so I'm sure that you've experienced tension around that because even if these art artistic institutions are more open to thinking about like let's say a re reimagining of the imagery of ne National Geographic um, but that also resonates in the current context right um, and and there's many current examples of like how similar frameworks and dynamics perpetuate in the in the current moment, right? And I would imagine that your project is going to open conversation about that. Yeah, I mean, like, also, in that sense, this work will sort of present pre-selected photos and captions, which are selected by me. So that's, I'm like working as a mediator, as much as like a filmmaker mediates things in their film. So like, I guess like for me, what is super, super essential is just to open the space, like you said. Although there are pre-selected photos, and I would never want to intervene, like whatever, like these people or audiences, participants want to annotate about. Just like the act of opening it up, and the act of like sharing it, and the act of sort of inviting them to make annotations on. It's already, I think, a contemporary gesture, like saying, let's have a talk, let's have a conversation. 
and whatever that will lead to, it's fine, you know, like just a conversation for the sake of conversation. It's really already for me a participatory like performance and also per performative participation. So I, I guess like what I'm really doing within this work is like let the archive and annotations sort of collide together. And this is also like pretty interesting because like I've been working, I have a web developer working on this website and uh, he was like super worried that when I sort of presented like brainstormed ideas for this work, he was like really worried that if some people might get our political stance as collaborators and creators of this work really wrong like because he wanted me and the work to have like strong political stance if you know what i mean like just we if we want to tackle national national Geographic magazine we have to tackle it you know like 100 percent but for even for me like i was like just envisioning and guessing what if this work is like re is going to be re uh reread by like people in 10 years later then like every knowledge changes and every knowledge has to be has to be subjective and changing so i guess like the word contemporary reading is super essential for me because like i didn't as i don't want to put a lot of like my mediating opinions if possible so like the neutrality is super important and i think the neutrality I'm not saying like neutrality is a decolonial gesture, but maybe that's one of many ways to sort of evoke hopeful gestures and more like sharing, sharing gestures. Yeah. I get the sense then a big part of your work, as you mentioned earlier, is about creating space and also having a participatory aspect, I think is... Uh, I hear what you're saying. Um, not just the statements, but the ways that space can create other types of reflections. And um, the critique that is inherent, inherent in the work on National Geographic feels like it's about opening space. So I guess if you'd like to just, for people who are listening, who are maybe just zooming out a bit uh, about your practice and working as an artist between South Korea and Canada, uh, I'm sure that you have like efforts to engage with the arts community there. Uh, you were in Montreal for a long time. Um, yeah, how are you feeling about your practice? Like what you're doing these days? How's it going? Uh, just more generally. And, um, you know, where can people learn more about what you do also? This sort of reminds me of like one chat that I had with a curator, South Korean born and raised curator. And I'm sure like if you go to my artist website, ivetakang.com, you see a lot, a lot of like my latest project uploaded there. But I, I can see like all of my work really don't have distinctive aesthetics like that tell that that sort of talk about my heritage, like Korean culture, because like all of my work are not super aesthetically speaking, or even like conceptually speaking, tied to culture or the language. But uh, like when I have had this conversation with her, uh, 
she was like saying that oh now that we are having this conversation and now that she's like learning all these sort of underlying thoughts and contemplations that are embodied in my practice she was able to see some like my Koreanness and my unquestioning about my Koreanness within my work so I guess that's how I see myself as a contemporary being as well because I'm still like carrying some legacies that I learned and I sort of embodied from Korea but also I've been living here for 10 years and like generally speaking my life in Canada has like changed a lot with different status a lot of like different changes in my circumstances international student a person without any status like you know worker and always like a worker who had to work always like at a restaurant under the table for cash and now I'm living as like a full-time artist so as a person who's going through a lot of changes there is like a really thorough, penetrating, underlying, thick ground that I'm Korean and I'm carrying my legacy with me. So like, I guess not only this, like this work, archive, reindex archive, all of my practice are my own contemplations about who I am and where I am situating myself here. Am I situating myself as an Asian, as a Korean, or as a Korean Canadian, or just Canadian, or none of them? Just like always shifting between these questions. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for sharing about your work today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Stefan. That was a conversation with Iveta Sunyung Kang, who is a multidisciplinary artist. We talk about the projects you heard about uh you know i think a lot of the work in question really is important in both reimagining the relationship between the artist and the public in terms of performance-based art and some of the work that we discussed around the national geographic photographs of asian contexts that are reimagined and reinterpreted in this context driven by a framework that has been defined by an Asian artist in the diaspora. So it was great to feature this conversation with you today. There's going to be a series this month of art-focused interviews that I, I, I did. So these are portraits of different artistic practices all over the world uh, with artists that I spoke to. This has been another edition of Free City Radio. I'm your host, uh, Stefan Christoph in Montreal. We broadcast weekly. You can find our archives at soundcloud.com slash freecityradio. We are also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just look up Free City Radio. And thanks so much for joining us. I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>